Hello and welcome to a Latter-day Family Podcast. I'm Todd Michael. I'm Amber Michael. And she was not geared up to intro. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to remind you. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Then today we're talking about powerful women, but not in the way that most people think of powerful women or empowered women, at least not in the world. Yeah. I was trying to empower you to do the intro. And I was empowered because I said no. (laughs) What I wanted. And that is the gist of our podcast. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We love our listeners. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time. Okay. But really. uh, So this was, this has been on our mind. We've been in in our conversations regularly. Yeah, we talk about it. we each have some of our pet peeves with this topic. And then to really tip the scales, I got a notification a few days ago about uh, alumna, alumni, alumnus, if it's a singular. It's not the I. Alumnus. Yeah. But that might be something different for a female. Oh. I can't remember. Alumna. <laughs> I should know that. <laughs> Alumina. Alumina. <laughs> okay, well, I don't remember. Alamita. I mean, you can Google it while we're... <laughs> a female former student of my alma mater is the... Oh, let me get this title right. The Director of Family Planning at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Nothing sinister sounding about that. <laughs> no. <clears throat> and the article is all about how she helps, and I'm not going to say her name, uh, how she helps women around the world uh, and empowers them to make decisions about having children or, in other words, not to have children. Your focus is feminism, gender equality, and women's empowerment. And it really, for me, highlighted how sinister Satan has been in recent years to just openly, completely turn everything on its head Mm -hmm. and turn the rejection of what makes a woman powerful into empowerment, female empowerment. But we'll get into more of that later. But just... Generally, like when you think of powerful woman or empowered woman, what does society tell us that is? Being like men. <laughs> right. That's one. Not being emotional. <laughs> that was the first one I wrote. Being manly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. And these all, a lot of these, uh, they just go under Overlap, being yeah. like men. Yeah. Not being emotional because people always say things like, oh, women can't do this. She's too emotional. Yeah. Well, why does that necessarily have to be a bad quality? Right. They make it into it as a liability. A, this is a bad quality. You're emotional. And sure. emotions can be actually very powerful and good in making decisions in a lot of ways. Right. Sometimes they make it harder, but not always. Well, it's, yeah, I think it's the, yeah, I think it's the difference between being sensitive to your emotions and aware of your emotions and aware of other people's emotions versus being emotionally volatile. Yeah, exactly. Anyone, man or woman, who's emotionally volatile and unable to make 
you know, decisions that are safe for themselves and others yeah. is a problem. I know, exactly. <laughs> but women more emotion, what they're talking about is like crying, touchy-feely, mm -hmm. whereas men maybe more tend toward more of like the, not anger, I want to say, but like that style of emotion yeah. more. Ang not trying anger, to lust, and jealousy. Yeah. Those are more accepted it's not for, for men. everybody, yeah. women or men, either of those. But, sure. But those, they might tend toward those more, but those aren't seen necessarily as the terrible things in like a leadership role sure or whatever oh totally you should lust you should lust for power and yeah, yeah and you should be jealous like because leaders need to maintain that yeah yeah course. but yeah. you wouldn't want to be too like emotional as far as like touchy feely like yeah or em too empathetic empathetic is yeah exactly yeah. that's what i'm trying that's to a get good point yeah then the last one i said is i thought of was things that make them strong is not being seen as submissive right um, independent yeah not needing men not supporting men yeah yeah one one that i have uh on my mind a lot is all the ways that women are told to be powerful you need to do things that men do mm -hmm. in the same way that men do them or somehow prove that you're better, but still doing all of the manly things. So, mm -hmm. like, you see these women who are held up as as strong and powerful, who, like, you know, dress like men mm -hmm. and have manly haircuts mm -hmm. and act aggressive like men mm -hmm. and speak more like men than like your mm -hmm. average woman. And again, you kind of have to make these generalizations. Yeah, generalizations so, anyone so. listening to this and who's you know triggered by gender stereotypes or gendered language get over it we're going to use it because it applies to the topic mm -hmm. um of course there's nuance there of course exceptions there are exceptions and, blah yeah. blah yada 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 exactly of course uh, but i just am always amused by that because it's like you see these women who are supposed to be you know so powerful as women but much of what they're those who say they're powerful are claiming gives them power is manly stuff mm -hmm. so then it's like well are they powerful women or are they powerful people who borrow manly power and if that's what it is then that's actually not power that's yeah. larping it almost you know mm -hmm. it's like this kind of uh borrowed power versus owned power to borrow some language from spiritual arson yeah well like is it who they're actually wanting to be, what they're wanting to right. do and be. Right. I mean, I don't know if we were wanting to get into this yet, but it's something oh, yeah. we talk about sometimes. It's yeah. Like, so to be powerful, you should be who you are truly, like your true self, I think. That makes right. you the most powerful. So if who you really are is someone who just wants to wear men's clothes. Sure. Or manly clothes. Yeah. Okay, that makes you happy. That's one thing but if you're doing it just because you need to be like those men signals yeah because those power. are the things that you have to do yeah then that's another thing it's because true i think being empowered is not being who you think other people want you to be it's being who you actually are right so. and you and that goes both ways mm -hmm. so yeah i it's a very good point that you can't just discredit if you know if they happen to have manly qualities or mm -hmm. things like that you can't just assume in every case that they're doing that just yeah but, i mean that may be how they're most comfortable yeah 
but it is interesting how often that happens. And then the converse, and I'm just going to steal some of your thunder because this is your rant that you always do. My rant, yep. <laughs> well, I won't no, steal it. I'll let you say it. Well, just that then the converse of that is women who assume that being in those masculine positions of power mm -hmm. is the only power mm -hmm. and that you can't be a powerful woman who also is a submissive wife, yeah. a dedicated mom, a stay-at-home mom, has no career. Mm -hmm and is in love with her life mm -hmm. and is happy doing those things. It's not just dealing with them mm -hmm. in between careers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's one of my rants for sure is that um, we kind of like pit ourselves against one another as women mm -hmm. because we've been told somehow that, that to be powerful is the thing that you want to be, a powerful woman. Mm -hmm. And so you have to do it with these ways. They, and they're definitely never saying, I can say never, I think. Yes. Never saying being like a homemaker, a mother, no. um, a wife. Those it's are never, never valued. said. Um, and often devalued. Yeah, and often devalued. So it pits women against each other. So women that maybe they feel more fulfilled having a career, they don't, for whatever reason, like we have a gospel perspective of motherhood and right. stuff like that. But but maybe they feel more for fulfilled not being a mother and wife, or at least they feel yeah. that way. So if they feel that way, then it's that is their choice. That's their life. If that's what's making them happiest, then we shouldn't necessarily be saying, well, that's terrible. You shouldn't be doing that. Right. But vice versa. Yeah. Um, I think people a lot of times judge people who don't choose that, who are very happy with raising children and being a homemaker, being supportive of their husband um as just being like oh that's just a throwaway you're not yeah. doing anything with your life right but so i or, don't know why we can't just say what is making you feel fulfilled mm -hmm. and empower that person good job you you're doing what makes you feel fulfilled right. good job you instead of saying well you're not <laughs> you're right. not doing what i want to do so that's not good enough yeah and and i think society a lot of times too gives this view that you can't even choose one or the other like even yeah. just one or the other isn't enough you have to do both uh-huh so it's like yeah. you know you can have some kids or have a kid zero population growth yeah and be married but you also need to have your career exactly. like you can't sacrifice one for the other and if you do have a kid and you do have a career well one better not interfere with the other interfere with the exactly. other so you better be a really stellar mom you also better show up to work every day and never take a sick day. Mm -hmm. Like these very unrealistic expectations. Exactly. And of course, we're talking about what actually makes a woman powerful. So we're not just wanting to dwell only on, yeah. you know, the, the false ideas. But I think they're really important to delineate because mm -hmm. this is what's being broadcast to every girl and young woman and woman. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, going back to your point about empowering or or you know, validating people who kind of own what their circumstances are. There's a lot of people who through no fault of their own mm -hmm. end up with a situation that maybe isn't their ideal, yeah. but they're trying to make the most of it. Yeah, exactly. So we have a friend who as I've known her since childhood, like since infancy. Mm -hmm. And I very much know that she wanted to settle down and have kids. Mm -hmm. She loves her nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. She loves being around kids she 
dated for a long time through college and mm -hmm. after college, and she is still single. And I don't mm -hmm. think that that's through a fault of her own. I don't think that she's been lazy or no. not put effort into it. And yet there's not anything that she can do to change that time or to go mm -hmm. back and erase that time. Yeah. So she could have been sitting on her butt this whole time, crying and whining and complaining about how terrible it is to be single. Mm -hmm. But instead she has built an amazing career and worked mm -hmm. really hard taking care of her nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters mm -hmm. and parents and serving in faithfully in every calling that's been oh, extended yeah. to her and now has a really great position that is very prestigious mm -hmm. and, and impressive mm -hmm. and is in a position to positively impact countless young adults. Yeah. And so I think that's a great example of someone who maybe you know, sees the value in motherhood, sees mm -hmm. the value in, in being a wife, mm -hmm. hasn't been given that opportunity yet, may or may not in this life, mm -hmm. but isn't just throwing that away and saying, okay, well, this was my one definition of of power and of fulfillment in life, and it didn't come to me. So yeah, I guess I'm just fair. not going to have anything. Yeah. I think that's good from to think of, too, from a perspective, an outside perspective, because one could look at her without knowing her since infancy mm -hmm. and think, oh, she just didn't want to have kids <laughs> right. or get married. So she built her career and kind of looked down on her from our religious perspective, at least. Oh, absolutely. And think, oh, why would she choose that? She chose yeah. not to do what God wanted her to do, right. basically. And I've seen people do that for sure. So I think it's not our job to judge in that case. Just because, to say, good job, you. Right. You know? Because ultimately, where does power come from? Is it in your job or just if you are or aren't yet a mother or if you are or aren't yet a wife? Mm -hmm. Sure, those things are factors, but that, that's not really where the power comes from. Yeah. I see that power as coming from things like priesthood power mm -hmm. by extension and, you know, in the ways that women participate in the priesthood by obedience to the gospel, obedience to certain covenants that you make, especially that give you power, mm -hmm. especially those made in the temple, and virtue. And none of that relies on your, your you know, station in life mm -hmm. or even your age for that matter. I mean, some of the covenants, sure, you can't enter into until you're, but a young girl, just as much as a teenager, just as much as a grown woman, just as much as an old woman, all have the opportunity to draw upon those blessings and that power, that divine power yeah. at every point. Mm -hmm. So it's a false idea and a counterfeit that the world offers that Satan has authored mm -hmm. to say, well, the real power kicks in at this point when you get to these things. Exactly. Instead of recognizing your power comes from your divine heritage, your daughter of God, a daughter of a king, Nothing that you gain in life is going to change that. You always have been. You always will be. That's a very different concept of power than if you become a CEO before you hit 30, you yeah. could be in Forbes 30 under 30. I know. Exactly. It's is not... it Forbes? I don't know. Whatever it is. I'll <laughs> follow that junk. It's not about what <laughs> career level you get to. It's not about how many kids you have. It's not about, you know, what what age you were when you got married or whether you 
served a mission or right know, yes. all of these things that are like check these off status symbols that you could yeah do that just that's not what the heart of it is like i challenge anyone to find an example where the lord says blessed are the and then lists off mm -hmm. career choices mm -hmm. or college majors mm -hmm. or like you say, number of children that you have or whatever. Yeah, it's like he he values who you're becoming and what you're doing with your time. Mm -hmm. And of course, there there's always going to be different circumstances for different people, but there is one covenant path. Yeah. And that's what matters most. Yeah. So we're not saying like, whatever you do, no, man. No, that's not what we mean. Just, you know, you're rebelling against god and smoking a doobie or <laughs> if you <laughs> what a joint a blunt what kind of lingo you want me to use one is not from the 70s <laughs> it was supposed to be the, the flower 60s. child hey, like, hey man <laughs> i was trying to do a young type of blunt. but yeah. i was trying right. to you know stylize right. it okay boomer style all right. There might be boomers listening. There might be. No offense, boomers. I hate to call you boomers. We like you. I'm a millennial. You can make fun of me. I don't know what I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're in between. You're nothing. And in everything. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. But I think um, what I was trying to say is that we're not saying that everybody is just doing fine no matter what they're doing. Yes. We're saying that yeah, everybody has the potential to access the power of God. Mm-hmm and divine power regardless of their station in life so it's universal opportunity mm -hmm. but not universal outcome yeah i think it's our job to encourage one another along that path rather than compete your job is women yeah that's what sure. sorry <laughs> is it your and my job do i have to <laughs> encourage women well you should be did you just some. assign me that you role? Have two daughters and a wife. I will encourage all the women in my life. <laughs> I'm not going to go out there on Oprah or Ellen and encourage all these other women I don't know. You don't need to do that. <laughs> well, I was just that. checking. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. But you know who does need to speak to all the women of the world? <laughs> the prophet of the world. True. And in the last uh, general conference, well, not last general conference, year yeah. and a half ago, October 2020. Yeah. So I can't not keep a track. Half, not a year and a half. Months six months ago. <laughs> a little more than six months. I know. I'm trying to remember. It feels long. When it was the women's <laughs> session, <laughs> last time it was the women's session, um, President Nelson gave. Uh, his address, Embrace the Future with Faith. And I want to read a section of that because it relates directly to how God sees women and their power and their role in the last days. Um, and if you think of any thoughts as I'm reading, just stop me. Okay. And I'll try not to lose concentration as our baby makes as much noise as possible. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. We almost made it through and then he woke up. Yeah. This is like a 20-minute gap from whatever we were last saying <laughs> because he started crying, and then we tried recording on the floor, and then he wouldn't let us, and then he was obsessed with getting the microphone, then we moved to the table, and then he started crying, and 
I thought he had needed a diaper. And now he's hitting things very loudly <laughs> right behind us. It's a Latter-day Family podcast. <laughs> you got to take the whole family. Okay, so here's the quote. My dear sisters, we have so much to look forward to. The Lord placed you here now because he knew you had the capacity to negotiate the complexities of the latter part of these latter days. I love that part. Mm -hmm. He knew you would grasp the grandeur of his work and be eager to help bring it to pass. I'm not saying that the days ahead will be easy, but I promise you that the future will be glorious for those who are prepared and who continue to prepare to be instruments in the Lord's hands. My dear sisters, let us not just endure this current season. Let us embrace the future with faith. Turbulent times are opportunities for us to thrive spiritually. There are times when our influence can be much more penetrating than in calmer times. Hmm. So, uh, close quote, by the way. Yes. <laughs> So when I think about that power to influence and and penetrate hearts, that really is something that's uniquely uh, a power of of many women, mm -hmm. most women. Um, that power of persuasion through gentleness, and that's what the world often is missing: is that they mm -hmm. want to preach as though men and women are the same, but also women are better. <laughs> like, yeah. When it's like, well, yes, they are. There are things that women can do better, but it's not anything a man can do. Mm -hmm. There's things that men can do better, and the power is men and women working together in unison as companions mm -hmm. to bring about the greatest change. Yeah, I don't know why we can't both have strengths, men and women. That's, I mean, in the worldly view. Yeah, it's. Doesn't make any sense that's, at all. That's pride. That's Satan's appeal to pride. That if you can't, it's like what President Benson says, that pride takes no satisfaction in having something. It only takes satisfaction in having more of something yeah. than somebody else. I mean, if I'm doing something, if, if I'm doing something all by myself and doing my best, but you're doing like a lackluster job. Or vice versa. You're mm -hmm. giving 100% of the best that you've got. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing a lackluster job. Then that happens from time to time. But if it was like consistently always that way, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be reaching our full potential as a married couple or as no. a family. Yeah. But when we both do our very best to give all that we have mm -hmm. to like take care of our family and take care of each other, then your needs are met. Like, right. That's just... Well, that's a oh, whole other layer to it of like <laughs> when when each partner is focused on making sure that the other has what they need, yeah. you still each get what you need. Yeah. When you're each focusing only on yourself, there's going to constantly be gaps because you mm -hmm. get distracted or or your attention is divided or you have to do something for the other person. And then you resent it because yeah. then you didn't get what you needed and exactly. it turns into way more of a competitive nature than if you're... Yeah, supportive. instead of just loving and supportive. It's like when I see people talk about like their spouse asking him to do something and then they can they do it like as a wife. Like if you asked me to like make you dinner or something yeah. like that and I did it. Right. Then 
people oftentimes will criticize oh, that no. as you telling me what to do. But here's the thing. It's controlling you. You ask me to do things that you need me to do for you. And right. I ask you for things that I need you to do for me. Right. It's not just the one person is the other person's servant. But we do have roles, whatever. and we so have our roles, yeah. it would make more sense for me to ask you to do something that yeah, fits with things. your role. You would ask me to do something that fits with my role. Exactly. And that's not to say that I can never make a sandwich for you mm -hmm. or that you can never drag the garbage cans down for me when I have a fever, yeah. which you've done. Uh -huh. But each of us have our things that we do that to support the family. Things. Yes, that are our And those strengths. are really like basic level mm -hmm. examples, but just to, to drive home that point. Yeah, but if you're doing the basic level examples, then you can do the more in-depth things as well. And that's, uh, yet again, another counterfeit that Satan has brought because we've seen societally, at least in the U.S., it go from one perspective, or one perspective, one end of the spectrum to a very different um, counterproductive end of the spectrum. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people love to romanticize the fifties, but the fifties were all, were, you know, good in some ways, but they're also terrible in other ways. And yeah. for women, especially mm -hmm. there were a lot of things that were crappy because they couldn't reach their full potential in God's eyes mm -hmm. because of societal limitations, like things that mm -hmm. they were not able to do or, or the role that they had or the ways that they were able to influence their families or yeah. their husbands or things like that. But now we've gone to this totally other perspective where it's like, instead of there being dominant men and subordinate women in an unhealthy way, now there's dominant women and subordinate men in an unhealthy way. Yeah. And God's way is neither of those. God's way is mm -hmm. something in the middle, something that we've really never reached yet, uh -huh. but will reach when we become, become a Zion people. Yeah, exactly. And I love, that's one of the things I love about, church leaders because you see these women who are leaders in the church mm -hmm. who are powerful, who are noble, who are aspirational, mm -hmm. but not because of the things that the world values. No, like, no. you know, sorry, but Cardi B parading around half naked and saying outrageous things isn't power. Mm -hmm. It's degrading and disgusting, but uh, young women's general president or primary general president getting up, and speaking nobly on a subject mm -hmm. that inspires and uplifts all men and women who listen to her. Uh -huh. That's aspirational. That's, that's amazing, inspiring. Yeah. And that's what actual power is. Yeah, I agree. And going back to the quote, um, one of the things that stood out to me is just at the end when he says about turbulent times being opportunities for us to thrive spiritually. Mm -hmm. And how um, there are times when our influence can be mean more than it does during calm times. Right. I have definitely seen that in the last last year where things have been turned really upside down in our right. family. Yeah. I've seen it. Um, we've gotten way more, uh, more spiritually focused, yeah, spiritually and... focused. Exactly. That's, and we've been doing a lot better at teaching our kids mm -hmm. spiritual things and just more just, solidified in our trust and uh -huh. relationships with, as a family. Exactly. And I remember him talk, saying in that same talk about fortifying our homes spiritually. Um, that was one of the like, goals that he gave the women to do. And I remember right. taking that really seriously. And like after the talk, praying about it and asking, like, what are things that I can do to fortify our home and make it more of like a spiritual uh, sanctuary, like where we could feel the spirit yeah. more than we would outside. And so then I wrote down the things that came to my mind and then worked on them and it's i've seen a big difference in our family yeah. dynamics since we started so doing I. that so 
And I love the things that you did. Yeah. So. So it, it's interesting that all of the counterfeits that the world has to offer, if you look at how many of them matter in this life and don't even last in the eternities. Mm -hmm. And then you flip that around and look at everything that the Lord has to offer or, or lists off as being of value to women. Mm -hmm. And I can't really think of any of them that don't have an eternal significance. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to talk about a powerful woman, it's a woman whose power isn't limited to her earthly life. It's a woman whose power, the foundation of, of influence and power and empowerment that she's laying and cultivating now extend throughout her eternal existence. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, we're not going into the praying to heavenly mother. No garbage. But if you want to think about the pattern that godliness has set for us, we have a heavenly father, a heavenly mother. We have parents that have modeled the perfect way before us. There's no way that that model has anything to do with temporary or, or strictly temporal uh, goals. Mm -hmm. All of that is directly tied to eternity because as you increase in glory and in power eternally, mm -hmm. that's how you gain more power. Very, yeah. very simply put. To become more godlike, you gain in power, and you do that by honoring your covenants and being obedient to the gospel. Yeah. So if you want to be a woman of power, a powerful woman, as my mom loves to say disparagingly, <laughs> high power woman. High power woman. <laughs> <laughs> my, mom, my mom's description of any woman who has any sort of ambition is, you know, she's one of those high power women. <laughs> But very disparagingly. As I've mentioned before, my mom is great at every possible pejorative to talk about anyone that isn't exactly like her or doesn't agree with her. Yeah. But that aside, if you want to be a powerful woman, you better have your eyes fixed on eternity and not yeah. just on, you know, before you hit 30 or before you hit 40 or whatever junk cosmo has to say <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what the kids are reading these either. days <laughs> on that just... TikTok application. <laughs> application. <laughs> well, it's just like, if you want to be powerful, a powerful woman, then what more power, what more power can you have than to work hand in hand with your heavenly father? Mm -hmm. Like he will your tell creator. you what he wants you to do in times when you don't know and he is very good at guiding as far as my experience he's mm -hmm. very good at guiding where he wants you to go if you're willing to listen and mm -hmm. if you're willing to have an open mind about what he wants you to do what he's empowering you yeah exactly to do what is your power for yeah it's not like he's just telling you do this do that do that he's saying you can do this mm -hmm. and i will help you mm -hmm. and that's amazing when you when you do the things that he says you can do, you can do stuff that you would never think you could do. Yeah. And your capacity mm -hmm. increases. We talked about last week. Oh, yeah. We appreciate all the powerful women who listen to the podcast and powerful men. Mm -hmm. But that's not the topic this week. So simmer down, guys. <laughs> simmer. <laughs> and if you are a woman and you don't feel powerful, ask Heavenly Father. 
how he sees you. Study the words of the prophets to see how he sees you, because I guarantee you have a lot more potential and probably already have a lot more power than you realize. And there's much more to be gained. And the way that you can gain it is between you and your father in heaven. Mm -hmm. But you can't know until you start to ask. Mm -hmm. If you are a dude, think about the covenant path that the Lord wants for his daughters. And encourage all of the women that you know to stay on that path. Help them. Fortify them. Build them up. Because as President Nelson said, they're uniquely positioned to bring about his work in the latter part of these latter days. And thank you, Amber, for being one of those powerful women <laughs> and raising our daughters so that they can be powerful and our sons so that they can seek out powerful women. Awesome. Powerful in the right ways. <laughs> now go make me a sandwich. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't talk to her that way for real. <laughs> At least not on air. All right, everybody. Have a great week, and until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.